0: Chase Thomas podcast, the Chase Thomas podcast. (laughs) Um, (laughs) My nephew needs me to record. See, I hate, I already hate it. I hate it. All right, Atlanta sports guys, late on a Friday. Max Markovich is here back in his number one spot on this very program. Garrett Chapman dropped a little bit. He's uh, he's had to drop. Uh, He chose high school football this weekend over the Atlanta sports guys. But Max, we're not going to let Garrett get us down tonight. We're not going to let uh, we're not gonna let that uh, that phase us on this Friday evening of uh, the Atlanta Sports Guys here on the Chase Owens Podcast. Max, good evening, sir. How are
1: you? I'm great. There's about nothing that could uh that could get me down on this beautiful Friday evening ahead of a a glorious weekend in which Michigan could win a ring.
0: Well, so, hold on,
1: Gary Gary's not even here to talk about. It. Oh, we're going to litigate whether it's a ring because <laughs> they haven't won it since 2004, so I think it counts
0: i think i mean it, i guess it counts i mean you're I, I i guess we have to start here we have to start here like i was going to see if we could uh we could start with uh my frustration with joe milton's existence um i had to watch it up close last saturday as the season came to close i was like if Hindenhooker hooker is seriously injured i'm not watching the ball game i'm not going i'm not <laughs> doing any of that I, I refuse to do another full game of joe milton in my life, can't do it, Max. You tried to warn me. You were correct about Joe Milton. I I,
1: did, I was just looking out for you, really. Like, yeah, it wasn't it, there was nothing personal there.
0: No, you, you have my best interest in mind, and I appreciate that because uh, Joe Milton does not have my best interest in mind when he gets steps onto a football field. Whether it's the old Miss run out of bounds, whether it's just overthrowing every open player, whether it's just enough of the physical stuff where you're like, oh, this should be a Heisman quarterback that will always lure you back in because the physical stuff is there. It's just all the other stuff that actually matters. The, all the stuff that Cade has that joe milton did not have so if you could like combine cade mcnamara and joe and joe milton into one quarterback maybe we we have something there maybe we have uh the perfect college quarterback but no he he went in and promptly fumbled uh real quick against vanderbilt when hooker sliced up his hand and the stuff is just it's awful i couldn't do it and i was just like if we played a full game i'm not sure tennessee would run away with a victory over vanderbilt if he was actually in the whole time we're still there and he's had a full season with uh this playbook and where he's at, I, I I couldn't do it. I'm I'm out. But that's enough, Joe Milton. That's just what my Joe Milton update for you because I'm sad because <laughs> Nealon's over. There's no more Tennessee football here for another year. Um, but but your team in the in the snow, you did the you did the thing, Max. You right. did the thing. You did the thing.
1: It really was the thing. It was that was the one thing. There was nothing else, and it was like it was this whole another. It's like when you climb a mountain. This is the the metaphor I've been using. You climb this mountain and you can't get to the top. You can't get to the top, and so you can't even envision what's on the other end. Mm. But like we finally climbed the mountain, and now it's like, oh my god, like Indy? like that's a place we can go. And then the the playoff, like that the college football, play, we're allowed in that. Like that's that's something that Michigan football is eligible to play in. Like I didn't know, and then all of a sudden you start thinking about well. Uh, we're about a we're ten and a half point favorites over Iowa. We're about a uh, if, we, if we beat Iowa, we'd be a favorite. It would be a favorite in the two three game in all likelihood.
0: Mm, are we sure? If you get Oklahoma State uh, in assuming, the two three game, ass-
1: yeah, I think we're favorite over Oklahoma State.
0: Interesting, because yeah. I think Oklahoma State's a better team.
1: That's fine. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. Re- I really don't even like. If we get there, like I, I'm just, I'm, I'm still speechless. A week yeah. later, I'm still speechless because that game, it, it wasn't that like. The outcome stunned me. Although the outcome did stun me, it, it, like it wasn't that we like finally did it because it, just doing math, like, like in all likelihood, at some point we had to beat them. Like it's just one of these years, something stupid was going to happen. But it, it was the way we did it, like in just such an utterly dominant fashion. I never, in a million years, saw that coming. Where like Ohio State is the one whose will was just broken. Like they, they didn't want to play defensive anymore. They didn't want to tackle Hassan Haskins anymore. They didn't want to get paved anymore. They tapped out. And, like, we were the team, the, the, that clip uh, going in the locker room at halftime. Mm. And I've been up that tunnel a few times, and it's it's uh, it, it's always befuddled me that both teams go up the same tunnel to, like, locker rooms that are, like, very near each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and that clip of Michigan coming in and just barking middle fingers up, like, F you, like, at halftime in a 14 <laughs> game in Ohio State just wanting none of the smoke. Like, that was just the perfect embodiment of that game. And... The collective emotions of Michigan fans everywhere. It's just like this huge sigh of relief.
0: And now you get to go to the playoff, potentially, and deal with all of that. Knock on wood knock on what i mean iowa if this game's close you're in trouble like in terms of if it's low scoring if it, if we look over at four o'clock or at uh, the fourth quarter and it's 13 nine or something michigan i'm just i'm locking into Fanduel and betting iowa uh feverishly because like that's the kind of game that they they win that's where they come back from behind in a low scoring game It's nebraska that they had no business winning the offense isn't good i think Iowa's was coming in winning four straight two and it's easy to forget that they were number two in the country but a little over a month ago, um, and people were like, "Oh, is this the year Iowa breaks through?" Um, and then obviously the offense never got it figured out, but the defense just putting up preposterous touchdown stats and all that kind of stuff. So that we were looking at them as like Georgia Jace a little bit, and it's not even like they've fallen off that much. So I mean, it's definitely still another roadblock. But I hope that's not what happens. I hope that Iowa is not the team that knocks off Michigan because a clean like I'm pulling for one. Uh, Georgia 2 Michigan 3 Oklahoma State 4 Cincy I think that would be the most fun of the remaining matchups um but we'll see if we actually get to that um but you know I'm I'm glad you I was happy for you Max I was happy that you 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 got to experience that because uh that's cool and it's um you never know when the next time will be we we all like to pretend that we we have a good idea of like oh we're going this way when we hire this coach we're gonna do this this and this and it's just Pro- progress is not linear and you never really know and people are out on Jim Harbaugh and now we're all back in and sometimes it's the right uh, defensive coordinator shift and Don Brown was a genius four years ago and now it's just it- it's just amazing how quickly things change um, that, that is what,
1: that is what I wanted to say I, mm-hmm. I was specifically so happy for Jim Harbaugh mm-hmm. because I mean that guy has been dragged through the mud for by, by Michigan fans too this is not like a us against the world type of thing but for, for seven years, that guy he came home to Michigan. He didn't have to do that. He did not have to leave the NFL. He could have got another job. He didn't. He came home to try to save the program, um, and Ohio State was a freaking buzzsaw, and they should have won in 2016, but they didn't, and that didn't turn things around, and he has been maligned more than any figure in college football for reasons that I, I think are mostly unwarranted, because Michigan was behind Ohio State as a program just as Every other program besides, like, two in the country were. And he's won all the games he's supposed to win. His Michigan team does not get upset by inferior teams under Harbaugh. And he hasn't won some of the close games against really good teams, mostly Ohio State. Well, he finally freaking did it. And, like, what else is there to say? Mel Tucker signs his $95 million (laughs) extension. James Franklin signs his $100 million extension. Whatever. Like, those guys haven't done what Michigan's hopefully about to do. And so... I'm just happy for him because everyone finally gets to shut up. He took a freaking pay cut last year. Mm -hmm. Who does that? Like, no one in college football is out here taking pay Tom Allen just did it. Tom Allen? Well, yeah. I mean, Indiana. Good Lord. (laughs) Um, That's – but, I mean, Jim Harbaugh, a guy who's Mm -hmm. a Super Bowl head coach. He did not have to take a pay cut. Right. And he did. And he took a pay cut, and he fired all of his assistants, and he hired a bunch of young guys. A bunch of them had connections to Michigan, and he said, we're going to give this everything we've got. And they did it. And so that's really why I was most happy. We can shut up about Michigan if you want now. But I'm, mm. I'm so glad Jim Harbaugh got that that moment.
0: And college football fans everywhere are excited for a Stetson Bennett, Cade McNamara uh, college football final, potentially. It's going to be great. We're <laughs> all excited friend, for my it.
1: Friend, my, my Michigan friends have already been talking about, well, you know, if we get Stetson Bennett in the final, <laughs> you know, in the, in the natty, like, who knows?
0: Isn't that crazy? Like, that's uh, that's where we could be. I, I just, um, yeah, I don't know. A lot of it, there's still a lot to be decided and this weekend I think has the potential to be rather bonkers. Um speaking of things that are rather bonkers, uh the Atlanta Falcons defense best in the NFL max?
1: Yeah, I think I, I think I said in the group chat uh, 85 bears reincarnated. Mm-hmm. I mean, haven't allowed a play over 40 yards all year like, you know.
0: You know what's weird? When I saw that league. I was like, I feel like I could go back through my notes and that's something I should have because I take notes on every game that I'm like, it really does feel like that though because it's it makes sense if you watch every Falcons game that that is the stat for them because they the games are so boring by and large because the Falcons have no big play threats either, especially with Calvin Ridley gone, is that like neither side really gets out of the molasses the whole game. It's just a, a slow, slow, slow trudge to the end and... That you just hope to get out alive. Like they're they're snoozers. Like every Falcons game is a snoozer. This Sunday was a snoozer. Um, even until the the late moments where Jacksonville uh, almost got back into it because the Falcons just refused to have a normal game. But this is also like the worst second place uh, NFL team in football. Like I think what is our point differential? Football. Football Minus a hundred. Like this is crazy. <laughs> the the point differential is bonkers. Um, if you watch the games, you're just like yeah this team stinks um Kyle Pitts he has to make some kind of ridiculous catch every game uh we have something in Cordell Patterson I'm I'm not ready to write off Wayne Gallman yet um Russell Gage being back is a delight he makes things a lot more fun but the offensive line is still terrible Ryan has like one of the things Falcons fans have to admit is he has lost a step and he had one throw where uh I think it was on third down do you remember did you watch Sunday Unfortunately, yes. Okay. Do you remember at the end where we could have put the game on ice and Kyle Pitts and Eliminate Zacchaeus both ran inside slants. Pitts was just uh, a longer route. And uh, Ryan went to the check down and went to Zacchaeus on third down um, to give the Jaguars one more chance. Uh, Pitts was wide open and he beat his man. And Zacchaeus, you're not going to believe this, did not beat his man. And the Jaguars (laughs) broke it up. Like Ryan went to the like. What are you doing? This is like one of those where it's just I defend Ryan. He's the greatest Falcons quarterback of all time. But I had to rewind that because I went back later and I was like, what, what? Am am I seeing things? What what happened here? Kyle Pitts is right in the his clear eye, like his clear line of vision, and it's just wide open. You can put the game on ice. so You just hit him there in stride, and he misses Kyle Pitts in stride at least twice a game. Um, but he goes to Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus obviously doesn't come down with it, and then the Jaguars get another opportunity, but. Um, I don't know, man, this things are still just not great. If Cordero Patterson did not exist and Kyle Pitts did not do one or two cool things, I I just, it would just beat, beat my soul. Did you have any strong takeaways from the Jaguars game?
1: There have probably been worse Falcons teams in the last 15 years or so. Um, I don't think there have been any less enjoyable teams. Like I, I don't, I don't like watching this team. There's nothing that gets me excited um, those those Kyle Pitts games got me excited, but uh, it's it's. I mean, I think we're we're learning that it's fairly easy to take out a rookie tight end when he is the only weapon on the field. Um, and you know, I, I don't. I'm not going to bring this back to Ryan. Like, certainly he's lost a step. I think I think that's been the case, sort of gradually over the last five years. But he's still smart enough and good enough to win. If the scheme works if guys are open if the timing is is there like i think he, he played really well um in sort of the middle of the season ish when when like the idea of the playoffs was still sort of on the table um and, it's, and hold on it's still parties.
0: on the table because i don't know if you looked at the well, schedule I meant, because... <laughs> like,
1: actually on the table like i meant like we uh like I, come on you watch this team there like did you see the the stat were you more surprised about the defense stat or the stat that um about Ryan's supporting cast being the worst in the league?
0: Um I don't know. You know what's funny about that is I just think the defense has uh, such a dearth of talent that I don't even think about Ryan's supporting cast being all that bad. That's how bad (laughs) it is. There's just a dearth of talent everywhere. But when I think of the dearth, I think of thinking of the defensive line and I think of the secondary outside of AJ Terrell. Um, Although Eric Harris is a delight because I don't think he's good, but fans love him and he's a hard hitter and he's uh, he's entertaining. Uh he had one big uh stop in this game on uh on Sunday. But outside of that, yeah, no. I, I No it's he's, not he's good. definitely not good. It's yeah. definitely
1: not good. Uh and, and I also think uh, one of the biggest things this year has revealed to me is that mm. one of the one of the biggest roster failures of the Dimitrov era and there <laughs> were quite a few mm-hmm. is that they they really seriously invested in this offensive line and it's not good. Right. And, like it's not all Dimitrov, but like I mean Caleb McGarry doing it for you. Uh you know, either of those not. Jalen. I mean, that's not a. Dimitroff well, Matt pick, Hennessy
0: was a Dimitrov pick.
1: Hennessy is he doing it for you? He's supposed to be the, the Alex Mack 2.0 Where is that? Um, I mean, Matt Jake Matthews is, is Jake Matthews, and I don't think we're gonna. Uh, He's fine. Worry too much about that, yeah. but it's like w- we we put our capital into the line, right? Mm. And so it's like you're supposed to have these premium weapons, two of them, and this line, and then Ryan should be able to to sort of we were like, I don't know that the formula for this Falcons team being any good was that they were top 10 offense because of that. Um, they're certainly not that. And I'm really disappointed by that. Um, the defense like this, is probably the least talented defense in the NFL. And I think we kind of knew that. Um, but I mean, AJ Terrell is just Ryan, the, I'm the giving meet. Ryan a pass until next year. I'll say that.
0: But see, like, I just don't see how this gets much better. Like, there's just so many more moves and so many more picks that this team needs to hit on. And you mentioned the offensive line, and that's something that I do think is fair to give. Like, Dimitrov tried. Like, he took two offensive linemen in the first round. Um, he drafted Jake Matthews. He drafted Matt Hennessy. Like, he tried. And then you get Mayfield in there this year. But, like, they did try. They they just did not. Do, they did not pick the right guys, which is super simple. But it's also just that, like, This matters because when you don't get Taron Armstead and Ryan Ramsey, that has long-term ramifications. But it's also like the Vikings have been going through this forever. Like they still, they will use all the draft capital in the world and their offensive lines are always awful. It's just like clockwork. It doesn't matter who they draft. They're not going to work out. And then you have the freaking Detroit Lions who are awful but have a great offensive line. It makes no sense that they've been able to develop their offensive line the way they have, but it's also incredibly frustrating when you're a fan of like the Falcons or the, the Vikings because you're like, what they did it, why can't we? And uh, I don't even know, even if the offensive line was great, that this offense would be all that great because guess what? Even if Ryan has time, no one's open because if you watch the plays where Ryan does have time, it's not as though he's, uh, he, he's missing open guys because he's rushed. No one's open. They have Taji Sharp out there who hasn't been open since 2016. You have I mean just names you just throw out a name and I would believe that they were getting snaps at wide receiver at some point this year but like it's just bad and the absence of Calvin Ridley obviously is paramount here and we don't even know like when he'll be back if he'll be back this year like there's a chance Calvin Ridley just played his last snap as a Falcon already like that's also a possibility. How,
1: How do they even possibly go into that and decide whether to pick up his fifth year option? Right. Like what we, I mean, maybe they know. I'm sure they know more than we do. But like, what is that even? I mean, we we were talking about Calvin Ridley extension as like an inevitability. Like, well, how do you even have those negotiations right now? You you
0: can't. No, I I would I I'm moving on without him. Like, I think at this point, like, I think you should move forward. It's and that's yeah,
1: that's dire because it's also like we can't afford to invest more resources in our weapons. Mm-hmm. Like, you you we can't afford to go out and pay. I don't know free agent receiver. We watched Michael Gallup last night. He's going to be a free agent. Mm. Can it afford to go out and pay for Michael Gallup right now? Are you? Kidding? Have you seen his defense? And part of that comes back to, and I don't, I don't want to get alarmist about this yet, but that that this uh, Terry Fondo's first draft is not looking great. No. Um, and I think that it like if you don't hit on Richie Grant, if you don't hit on Jalen Mayfield, and I mean the Pitts discussions is a separate thing, but man, watching Michael Parsons last night. Sure, be sure it would be sick to have Michael Parsons. Um, I you know like you can't afford to go out and and draft a receiver in the first two three rounds, and you definitely can't go out and pay for one in free agency. And so that's where it comes back to, like, what is the long term vision here? You have to reload the defense. That has to be first and foremost. The offense doesn't look like it's ready to do anything either.
0: Yeah. I don't think it's uh, getting resolved anytime soon. Um, speaking of things that aren't getting resolved anytime soon, Max, uh, the Atlanta Braves will not be signing uh, Freddie Freeman anytime soon because there's a lockout. And I think Braves fans, like, it's interesting to see just how um, dire it feels um, in terms of what what's going to happen here. Because we saw the reported number in years, and you're like, oh, yeah, the Braves should absolutely do that. If he gets anywhere close to that number – and it's not with Atlanta if the Dodgers give him that number and he takes the Dodgers deal. I just um I don't know. I where are you at with Freeman? Because I mean we don't even know if we'll have a major league baseball season, so the Braves could be champs for two years in a row. But I was I th- about to say
1: that this World Series thing could drag on for quite a while.
0: It could. Um I am still leaning he's not back. I am going to always err on the side of this front office doesn't or this ownership group is not going to operate that way and i just i don't know they did win a world series alex anthopolis did a lot of great under the radar stuff and he got really lucky like that's the other part you just have to admit that it was luck that this was a really average team and they lucked out after acuna went down like the i the odds of jorge soler and eddie rosario doing what they did ever again are one out of a million like it's it's great We'll love it forever. The sound of uh, Solaire's home run in Houston will ring on forever, but the amount of times that happens if you replay all of that all over again or what, like just minuscule, like they're they're almost impossible and that's what makes sports great, but that's not happening next year and all those guys should not be back. You should not pay any of them. You should invest like Adam Duvall's back, which I agree with, but man, i i don't know the the mets are, are splurging bryce harper just won the mvp the marlins are coming the marlins will be in contention either next year or the year after that things are going to get crowded and the braves can't afford to just uh skimp out on this but i'm also just like you know i'm not really sweating anything they want to ring i don't really care freeman can go right. and i'm fine like i really don't well, care
1: i don't know if that's right i mean i think like <laughs> the odds he's 32 years old obviously um the odds of this deal, say he, say the Braves were to pay him, and I don't even really know how you evaluate this right now with the with the lockout and not really understanding the scope of that right now. But the odds of this deal uh, looking good, however many years down the line, are probably not great.
0: But um, if we get a DH, it's, which it like, looks like he could be the right, DH right, and right. slide over, yeah. And
1: it's also like you know, there's a certain there's a certain like monetary value and, and emotional capital that it's worth to have Freddie Freeman retire brave. Like mm-hmm. it, you really have to start thinking about like what, where will he be in sort of the pantheon? It, this world series really sort of rounds that out for him. I think mm-hmm. as a brave and, it, and, and like that, that is worth something. Um, It's worth something financially, like selling tickets and all that um, selling jerseys. But, it but I don't know, man, we talked about how magical that world series run is and like what that meant to the city and, And all of that, like, Freddie's at the heart of all that. And to just... To have him... Let him walk over dollars um, seems rather ridiculous. But I I understand also where you're coming from and what you're saying.
0: Yeah, I hope it doesn't happen. But that's just my gut instinct at this point. That if he was a priority, they would have gotten this done a long time ago. I just think if... Like, this should have been a no-brainer. And this is something where when you... Um, fleece uncomfortably. Fleece Ronald Acuna and Ozzy Albies. You you pay Freeman then, like that's like a non-negotiable. If you're gonna save an insane yep. amount of money on Ron Ronald Acuna, you pay Freddie Freeman. This should not even be uh, a conversation starter for me. It's like that's the. But it's also
1: yeah. it's it's a little bit like the like the John Collins situation where like mm. um obviously they're not parallel players within the team, but um where it you know if if they were gonna make John Collins a max player they would have done it way you know in the offseason before mm. right like they if they really wanted to do that it would be done and so obviously the John Collins thing worked out for a number of reasons um but he didn't get that I'm money that fr- he didn't get the max money right exactly and I'm hoping I'm hoping the Freddie Freeman uh, situation works out too
0: well speaking of the Hawks 12 and 10 got the Sixers tonight um very excited about that one uh nice little break and uh get to see what uh, we look like? I am so curious because Kevin Herter, and you read the quotes, and Cam's mm-hmm. out again tonight, and you read how the team thinks and views of Herter. This is what's. This is what we saw in the playoffs, though, right, Max? Is that like Herder in the starting rotation, and Herter just being an important part with Capella, Trey Collins, and um, Bogey? Like that's our best five. Like the best five is those five on the court, and that makes things uncomfortable with Hunter, who I. I hate being right about stuff but Max are you ready to join me on the this should have been ended a while ago like it's a bad it's a huge miss for Schlink because you did trade up in the draft for him Um, but it's just the health is never going to be there the health is never going to be there Cam's health may never 100% be there and he just may not be on the right timeline. Guess who's on the right timeline? It's Kevin Herter, who knows exactly where he needs to be, knows exactly how to play next to Capella, Bogey, Trey, and Collins. It's just... you. Lo- it looks right. Like, that's how it's supposed to look. That five can't win a title, but that five can win a bunch of regular season games. That five can push uh, this team the same way they did in the playoffs last year. But I, I just... I, I don't know it's like one of those things that now that Herter's paid he can't be a, like he's almost untouchable for me because he's just like this glue player that means so much to this group and just helps everybody else around him when he's on the floor he's been the unsung hero for me early on this year and getting the Hawks back on track yeah Trey's been awesome but I do think a lot of credit uh, should go to uh, to Herter and uh, I don't know if the the good folks feel the same Do you do you feel the same Max
1: yeah, I I I is Her, my second favorite player on the team. Um and I am sure I think a lot of this is coming from the uh the Chris Kirchner story that that I read and um and the the net rating with that lineup. Yep. Uh I, I can't I, I don't have the article pulled up right now, but it's it's like plus 30 something. Mm-hmm. Uh it's insane. And so yeah, I mean you you have to roll with that. You don't have an option. And this was Collins's quote John Collins' quote in that story about Herder, which I, th- I think distills a lot of w- his value to this team. Uh, Kevin works well with the starting group. Kevin works well with the reserves. Kevin works well with everyone because he has a natural feel for the game. You can't teach that. If you're able to play within a flow and a rhythm, regardless of who's on the court, that's effective. Kevin knows how to get his shot, his spots, where to get his shots off. He's unselfish. The game is easy. I always tell him to calm down and make the right decisions because he's going to get there. He can do whatever he needs to do. Like He is so... He's so versatile um, and is the exact kind of player you want to put around a ball dominant point guard because he can do anything he can be a secondary creator if you want him to be he could be a spot up shooter if you want him to be he can go out there and get thirty one night if you need him to he's perfectly content taking you know seven shots in a game if that's what you need from him he can defend he can rebound he's long like he's he's I think we kind of brushed past his extension this off season just because of the bigger names I mean there's more talk about reddish there's more talk about hunter um even capella um but he is so crucial to the to the present and future of the hawks um and it's just been a really he was a, he was sort of the unsung hero of last year's team too in yep. regular season when guys went down. even and the playoffs stepped up and filled the roles. obviously yeah playoffs in, the, in game seven obviously mm-hmm. that's sort of how he got his his fame, but I think I think from the outside, there's a lot of, like, misconceptions about what he is as a player. Like, he's a good shooter. He's not like a—he's not like Klay Thompson. Um, he's, you know, a good—he's he, a better creator than people understand, and he's a better um, defender than people understand. And he's just the kind of guy who does everything really well. Nothing elite, but everything really well and will n- never hurt you in any capacity. And that is so
0: crucial. I think he's um, the, he's so, the yeah, glue guy. We, like, 100%. that's it. He's the glue guy. And like, and I love the flow these, conversation because that's what you see when you watch them is the flow is just better.
1: Yeah. And when we talk about these, we have these conversations about like who stays, who goes long term. That is such an important part of that conversation. Like, I just don't think Herger can go. Like, I mean, it's not like he's untouchable. You know, if the right guy become, became available and they needed Kevin Herger in the deal, that's a different discussion. But his value to this team extends like beyond what you see in the box score.
0: Yes, I agree. Um, but I also have no idea what Hunter and Reddish's trade value is at this moment. Um, but yeah, do you think McMillan's going to be able to get away with bringing them both, both off the bench for the rest of the year? Because I think that has to be priority one is I think Nate has to make a hard decision as head coach here um, to be like, hey, this five, here's the numbers, here's the flow. You see it if we're going to keep like you guys have to come off the bench for the rest of the year, your rotation pieces and you can try stuff out in the second unit, but y'all can't start anymore.
1: I'm going to be honest. I'd be surprised if, if, um, reddish is on the team past the trade deadline. Mm. Like I, I I think it's quite clear that when we talked about this, there, there's a too many guys problem for sure. Mm -hmm. And it's, 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 it's highlighted by, you know, two of these guys who are supposed to be quote unquote, two of your more, um, important players this year go out and it's net positive. Mm-hmm. Because you just Everyone everyone slots into a role better mm-hmm. um, and, and I think You just can't You know You can't roster realistically And, and you know With Hunter coming back um, With a Okongwu eventually coming back Like You can't have 13 guys Who need to play a role it, It's not going to work and, and I just think Cam You're right Like Cam needs to go somewhere He can play 30 minutes And make his mistakes And he still could be A really good NBA player I don't think it's going to happen in Atlanta.
0: Yeah, it's like the Cavs um, thing. If you send him over there or Indiana where they're going nowhere, like he needs to be able to play 36 minutes on a struggling team and figure it out there. And I just, I don't think we're ever going to, the timelines are never going to match. It's just never, they're too good now. We we need the veterans and it's just, it's not going to, it's not going to work.
1: Yeah, and I think the Hunter discussion is a little bit different because I don't think they would want to trade him at, this kind of low in his value like I just don't mm-hmm. and, and I think you know right or wrong I think they have still have some degree of hope that he can recoup that value um
0: better be and, off the bench
1: y- <laughs> I'm, yeah I mean in the short term absolutely um in the long term I don't know it's a little bit more of a complicated discussion especially because when we get to the playoffs like a Trey Bogey, Herder, Collins, Capella lineup is not your best defensive lineup. Um, I know that the, the, the metrics right now are quite good defensively with that lineup. I don't necessarily trust that against like wings in the playoffs. Um, but we'll see. You know, maybe like if that's your best five, that's your best five, and you and you you roll with it. Um, but I think I I just think the the macro take here is that it's very telling that with Reddish and Hunter out best version of the hawks you know comes through and it's not to say that it's like those are bad players who can't work long term but there's just too many guys
0: right now there you go max any other how do you think uh tonight goes and we'll wrap up there how do you think it goes with the hawks uh sixers
1: uh i think they win i want to make one more point about trey uh quick point Mm. which is before the season we're talking about guys who could break out and we're mostly talking about hunter um, Reddish, maybe a Kong Wu, guys like that. Um, but I mentioned, and you can go back to the to the preseason pod if you want. Mm. I mentioned Trey as a sort of stealth breakout guy because the shooting numbers could improve. And if he took better shots, he could be a more efficient shooter. And we are starting to see that. And that is the Trey that there's another level to him. Like, that is super, super duper star Trey. And if this, he's shooting 39% from three right now, 46.6 from the field— if those numbers sustain like that is like a top 10 player in the NBA I don't care about the defense because he is absolutely unguardable if those shooting numbers continue I'm really pumped about that right now um as for tonight I think the Hawks win kind of own the Sixers right uh,
0: Ooh. Ooh.
1: not this year but you know in the macro
0: well TLC's sort of starting our, tonight of, so anything's possible
1: TLC season, baby
0: tl season people i i was like he's a lock to make this team like he's the exact kind of dude i I was like this guy's gonna play and he's gonna be solid um yeah we'll see it's gonna be fun i love playing the sixers and uh after this kind of week um with uh with finals and everything i am very much excited to uh move on and get a break and just uh watch pleasant hawks basketball and then a great championship weekend max markovich we can find you on twitter.com at max underscore markovich and garrett miss you this week uh well the game will be back together next week because you know i'm actually done and things are normal again so guys thank you as always max i'll talk to you next week
1: thanks man nicely done nephew chase thomas podcast hell yeah